0: It's time, it's time, time time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This is the no huddle podcast with Al and Brian.
1: What's up faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Brian Rennick. He's Al Sacco. It is victory Sunday. The 49ers survived their divisional matchup against the Green Bay Packers, 24-21. to I watched the game from Vegas. Al watched the game from his basement. Mm -hmm. And uh, I probably would have preferred to watch the game where you watched your game, Al. I, I don't know about you, but when it comes down to 49er football specifically, but postseason football i just kind of want to watch by myself like i don't want to be surrounded by people i don't want to be especially people i don't know you know typically i'm watching Mm -hmm. 49er games with with one other person and that's my buddy tim uh and if i'm not able to do that i I just want to watch it alone uh that was far more stressful than i anticipated it being than it needed to be uh there are positives and negatives to to take away from this matchup but uh, overall, what were your feelings as the uh, clock struck zero?
0: Well, you know, I'm like you. I'm the same way. I don't, I, when I especially play off football with the Niners, I just want to be by myself. I'm glad I'm not the only weird one who doesn't want to be around other people when you watch <laughs> the games. But, you know, I talk a lot on the show, and so anybody knows me, I'm a big you do or you don't guy. Mm-hmm. And through most of this game, while well, I watched a QB that looked uncomfortable in, in just off at times. Now, granted, it was raining, but still, it was not Purdy's best day by any stretch of the imagination. An offensive game plan that was confusing to me. Yeah. Atrocious clock management before the half. A defense that can't set the edge. That couldn't get home, even when they, the few times they did seem to get pressure. A pass defense that was slipping and falling, and and Avery Thomas struggling with penalties. Bad special teams. I started to get pissed. Was getting, especially yeah. around halftime, three quarter, I, I was pissed. But then I said to myself, "Well, listen, you're a championship team, or you aren't. And if you're a championship team, despite all the issues, despite that you've tried every way possible to lose this game, if you're a championship <laughs> yeah. team, you're gonna find a way to pull it out. And was there luck involved for the Niners to pull this game out? Absolutely. When is there not luck involved? Tam, yeah. Green Bay missed a field goal." you know, there, there were uh, tip balls, but what the Patriots didn't get any luck in their run. It happens. You win titles. most right. of the time, some time, A lot of the time there, there's luck involved. So a big part of being a championship team to me, Brian, is when the other team opens the door or leaves that door open. I should say, you make them regret it. You make plays to win the game, a game that you probably had no business winning at all. And we'll talk about it in more detail, but what happened in this game was the defense didn't play well, and they stiffened up when they had to. The quarterback did not play well. And then when he needed the drive of his life, he got it done. Yeah, And even the kicker, who didn't kick one out of the end zone and it got returned, I mean, that's not all his fault because the coverage mm-hmm. wasn't good, but got a kick blocked that you were worried about, made a big 52-yarder. Yeah, he did. So it was a game of both a lot of bad, But then at the end, they got it done. So I hope it's a game that they just got out of their system and they're ready to go. But but I'll tell you what, man, they got it done at the end. I have big concerns about the defense. But the quarterback, what else? That's the stuff that you're talking about when you talk about if you're going to win championships, if you're going to be an elite QB or even just a really, really, really good QB, you have to come through in those moments. And he did. He did when it mattered.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think part of the biggest frustration for me watching that game was the fact that the Ravens game was on before it and the Ravens just absolutely looked like the class of the NFL. And then you're watching this game going, I don't think I the way that both of those teams played yesterday, I tweeted, I was like, neither one of these teams can beat the Ravens the way that they're playing right now. Now, mm-hmm. you've got to take into account the weather. It is hard to play in the rain, but both teams do have to play in it. So there is that. and. Brock did eventually find a way to pull it out and like you said it was a frustrating game to watch for for many different reasons but it's also one of those games where as a fan you're watching it and you're getting pissed off and you're talking about the defense and their inability to make stops all of that and then you go and you look at the actual stats of the game you're like oh wait a second uh Jordan Love didn't even throw for 200 yards you know the Aaron Jones didn't run for a for as frustrating as that game was the defense still played really 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 well when you when you take a step back and 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 you take a breath after you know after the game and after they've won the game but all season you know the talk has been the 49ers are front runners the 49ers can't win when the game gets grimy or the game gets you know in in, in a at at the very least out of their favored game script right which is again get ahead early and then just absolutely step on their throats. Did they do that? No. Was Kyle Shanahan's game plan. Did it seem weird to me? Like the Ravens game plan did. Absolutely. Like it, it genuinely felt like once again, he came out and he tried to get cute and he tried to prove to everybody that Brock Purdy is, you know, a, a great core. I, I don't know. I don't know. I even tweeted out. What is Kyle Shanahan trying to prove with this game plan? You know, at one point, christian mccaffrey was averaging six and a half yards a carry now granted that was buoyed by a long run but kyle shanahan loves to run the ball and then when it gets down to crunch time when it gets down to the postseason when it gets to big games like against the ravens in the in the regular season he gets away from it for whatever reason and i don't understand Mm -hmm. it and it's it's wild to to me and i don't know if it's you know, and we talked about this last episode that the two of us were on. You know, we talked about the Dolphins loss and how Mike McDaniel might suffer from the same thing Kyle Shanahan does, which is overthinking yourself or outthinking yourself, uh, in terms of you know, just not going with what you know is is going to be effective. Um, and they get pass happy all of a sudden, and you're like, This whole this whole thing revolves around number 23 in the backfield. Like, what are we what are we doing? And so you know, it was frustrating. But what I appreciate was that, again, the talk all season, the 49ers can't win games like that. And on the biggest stage, when it mattered most, they won that game. And I think, ultimately, that's what you have to take away. And and I think uh, more of that stems from, you know, you had asked me, again, last episode, if they get down by 10 early, are you going to be afraid? And my answer was mm-hmm. no. And, and I wasn't. And, and they never got down by 10. But What I said was this team is too veteran-laden and too experienced to turtle in a situation like that. And I think ultimately that's that was the difference in the game is that when it came to – when push came to shove and it was the fourth quarter and the 49ers needed a drive for a touchdown and then they needed a defensive stop and they went against the youngest team in the NFL and Mm -hmm. by all accounts the youngest team then in the playoffs – and it was that I think that that experience, that veteran leadership, that that really, uh, you know, that really won the day for them. And and then the other thing is again, Brock Purdy, you gotta, you have to appreciate the fact that he played a terrible game for three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then when the team needed him most, had a great drive that ended in a touchdown. And so that's twice now where you have a game in the rain, Brock Purdy doesn't play well. But when the game is on the line, he does what he needs to do to lead his team uh, down to win the game. Except this time, he had to score a touchdown, and he didn't have to leave it up to the kicker, and that I think made all the difference in the world. But you know, there's like you said, there's a lot of positive and a lot of negative to take away from this game, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm looking now and and the detroit tampa bay game is officially over now yeah it's Uh, gonna be the lions good for the lions uh won that game 31 to 23 uh it'll be interesting you know we'll we'll preview this game uh later later this week but uh you just gotta you gotta be grateful that you won you won that one seed because the lions are good especially in detroit they're not quite the same team on the road and it'll be interesting to see what happens but some of the weaknesses of this team that were exposed against the Packers can be absolutely taken advantage of by this Lions team. And that's where uh, I get a uh, a, a little puckered, if you will.
0: Yeah, and you said something. I wanted to start with Kyle because in my notes I wrote down Kyle Shanahan drunk, question mark because I did not know what he was doing at some points in this game or, or what his thought process was. But you said something about the defense that I think some people feel the way that you do where you're like, and we talked about this the last show you and I were on, where, like, the defense doesn't look right.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then you look up, and, well, they only gave up 16 points. Right. Well, they gave up 29 to the Cardinals, but it was all garbage time stuff. Well, this quarterback only threw for a buck 80. Well, this happened. At some point, we have to stop explaining this away. At some point, we have to say, you guys need to step the hell up. Because in this game, yeah, they did towards the end. So maybe maybe that's turning a corner. But Aaron Jones was doing whatever the hell he wanted to. I, I thought Fleur got away from Aaron Jones way too much. They got lucky with a couple of spots. That fourth down spot, stop, slash stop, changed the game. But if that's a better spot, I thought it was a bad spot. Yeah. If that's a first down, maybe everything is, is different here. At some point, they got they got us at the edge. At some point, they have to play better because maybe you're going to get by against the youngest team in the league, and shit, maybe you'll get by against the Lions because their defense isn't very good, and if you get in a situation where Gibbs and Montgomery are killing you, maybe the Niners can outscore them. It's not a problem. But you're not getting by against the Ravens, and you're not probably not getting by against the Chiefs with the check going. and maybe not even the Bills the way they're running the ball. So – Whichever of those teams it ends up being, if they do get to the Super Bowl, at some point they have to fix this defense. And the pass defense yeah. isn't very good. I'm starting to understand why they wanted Jason Verrett to get in the mix a little bit. Yeah. Lenore played awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Traverius Wards had a good year, but they have issues at safety. Yeah. What's his name? Logan Ryan. Some of the yeah. tackles he tried to make yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you're waving at people. And Ambry Thomas, who's played really well at times this year, had a really tough, really tough night. And he's the guy I think that they're going to be picking up. So the defense at some point, at some point, Brian, a lot of money in that defensive line, not to get by, to dominate. They need to start dominating the line of scrimmage. What? Where the hell is Chase Young? He, he, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he has he, not been a good pickup to this point. I feel like so. But you're paying Armstead, who, who's had a really good season. You're paying Hargrave. You know, you're paying Bosa. We know these guys can play. They got to come out and dominate. I think everything we're talking about Purdy, and yes, that's true, but they they need this this unit to step up as well and be be the unit that we know they can be if they're going to win the Super Bowl.
1: You know who this D-line is missing? And I would never have guessed that I'd be talking about this after a divisional round playoff victory. Uh, You know who this D-line is missing? Cleveland Farrell. And that seems wild to say, but Cleland Farrell – can't rush the passer, but he can set an edge. And Chase Young cannot. And I, Ch- I again multiple times yesterday on big uh, on big Packers runs, it was because Chase Young did not set the edge. You know, he he his rush took him inside, and then the Packers went you know went outside. And and I don't know if if Farrell is going to have an opportunity to play in the uh, in in the championship game. Uh, but if he is, that's going to be huge for them and their run defense because they did get Armstead back. And if you noticed Armstead again, made a big, big difference on that defensive line. They were not getting anything up the middle, but all those outside runs were successful. And yeah. it was because Cleveland yeah. Farrell again, was not there to set the edge and the Fort have been great at setting the edge in general, but they've been better with Cleveland Farrell on the field. Uh, and not chase young. So uh, that is something to monitor for sure, especially with this lions team, which is really good at running the football. And Jameer Gibbs is. He's just amazing. electric. He's Chris
0: Johnson reincarnated. Just, just should, electric. Yeah. He, sh- he should, if I'm the lions and I love David Montgomery, he is a mm-hmm. tough inside runner. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the lions, I'm giving Jameer Gibbs the ball 25 times in this game. Yeah. I'm shooting him like Christian McCaffrey. That dude is explosive.
1: And I'm explosive. making the 49ers prove that they can do anything to stop it, 100%. Yeah, because the
0: Niners haven't been tackling well either. So you get that yeah. guy in space, you know. But look, we, we know the Niners have the talent on defense. It's just they they have to come out and be dominant. Again, we're not talking about, like, Detroit wants to win a Super Bowl, but the city of Detroit is going crazy right now. They're in the NFC Championship game, and they should be. They've had a great run. Yeah. Niners have been in seven of the last thirteen NFC Championship games with four yeah. different quarterbacks, mind you, yeah. which is amazing. Four different starting yeah. quarterbacks. They need to win a Super Bowl. We're not yeah. concerned about the NFC Championship. Game, no, Great. Right? It's 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 always fun to win these games. They need to win a Super Bowl, and they need their defense to be elite again to do that. And I feel they got. We love these guys. They they got the dogs. You know what I mean. they, they got the horses to do it. They just have to step up and do it. Are there some weaknesses? Yes, but again, that front seven can be dominant to make up for the issues at safety and whatever other issues on the back end. And that's, that's what, that's what they need against Detroit and moving on, especially against Jared Goff, who's a statue. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. They got very, very little pressure on Jordan Love. Now to be fair, Jordan Love very was, hard to sack. is the least sacked quarterback yeah. in the NFL this season. Yep. So that speaks both to Jordan Love and that offensive line and, and, and their pass protection. So, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, but they haven't been getting a lot of pressure in general over the last, I would say, four or five games. And so that is a concern for sure. Uh, Defending the run is a concern. And then my other concern for the defense is who is going to step up and and just kind of put that defense on their back. I would argue that Fred Warner did it and Dre Greenlaw did it yesterday. It was the linebackers. But this this defense is built and, and there are a lot of resources sunk into that defensive line. They're the ones that have to take over a game. And so far they haven't done that. And this is the first playoff game. I get it, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if, if they come out against this lions team next, next Sunday and put some pressure on Jared Goff, because they've got to do some, they've got to take this game over because there's too many injuries right now in the secondary to, to be at their, at their peak performance with, with, you know, with Hufanga out and, and Brown out last game, hopefully he comes back this game. Cause like you said, Logan, Ryan. I mean, and, and to be fair, to Logan, minute, Ryan, to, yeah, be fair to Logan right. Ryan, to be fair to Logan Ryan, he literally joined the 49ers after, after uh, what? Uh, disembarking from a cruise ship, like legitimately, he was on a cruise yeah. with his family when the 49ers like, Hey, we want to sign you. And he, you know, got off the cruise ship and and flew to Santa Clara. So again, no shade to Logan Ryan, but that is, that's the nature of, of the NFL when you've got, you know, injuries that stack up. And so, you know, my hope is that, you know, Brown is, I believe recovered. I just think that they wanted to give him an extra week because, you know, Ryan has been playing and, and they thought that he would be maybe, you know, a little stale or, or, or cold or whatever, but, Brown has to play next week against this Lions team uh, because uh, Logan Ryan is, is not, is not it. And again, no shade to Logan Ryan whatsoever. Uh, But yeah, Amory Thomas and uh, Amory Thomas is so frustrating because he has flashes of brilliance where you go, Oh, this is what they saw. This is what made him a third round pick. And then, you know, he has games like yesterday where you're like, Oh my God, like get this guy off the field. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I mean, it's it's it it definitely shows why they were interested in Jason Verrett. But you know, at at the same time, when it mattered most in the red zone, this defense bowed up and held them to three field goals, three field goal attempts, and a uh, a fourth down stop in the red zone. And that made all the difference in the world for this game because, uh, you know, those field goals, if those were touchdowns, this this game doesn't, doesn't become a victory for the 49ers. So, and that's kind of been what this defense has done all season and and, and kind of since Kyle Shannon has been there. It's that bend and don't break, you know, feeling, but you're playing a little bit with fire. We need a little bit more of uh, you know, some turnover luck and things like that, which again, Dre Greenlaw picked off Jordan Love, uh, two times yesterday, which uh, again made a big difference. So huge plays. Um, go down, Dre.
0: Go yeah, down. Ex-
1: yeah, both times. We don't need both times. What are we runaround? doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Although I, there was one guy at the. Uh, I just watched the uh, watched the game at the sports book at the Mandalay Bay. And there was one Niner fan there who uh, bet the over. And so he was uh, – or or bet the – yeah, bet the 49ers at minus nine and a half. And he was really rooting for a pick six there at the, to end the game to make that a 10-point a, a victory. But uh, I was yelling get down because I had no money on the game. But
0: Did you ask him if he listens to the No Huddle podcast?
1: I did not. I should have. I should have. <laughs> but uh... I'm
0: Brian Reddick, damn it. <laughs> you know who I am? <laughs> Right, but yeah, so it's,
1: wanted... it's, it it was it wasn't a great performance, but um like I said, when it mattered most, they 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 bowed up and and that's what championship defenses do.
0: All right, I think I want to save Brock for last because I, I just I, I just again I love so much what happened at the end in terms of him and his future. Yeah. But let's go to Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. Yep, Dr- drunk, drunk, <laughs> was he drunk? Weird game plan. So Brock Purdy had 39 attempts in this game. I think that's the most in his career. He had 37 against the Giants in Week 3 this year. And he had 37. Actually, in the game, he relieved Garoppolo against Miami. And for him, it was like late in the third quarter, and he had 33 attempts. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a Mm -hmm. one-score game, and he's on pace to throw 40 times, which isn't the Niners' offense.
1: That's not their offense.
0: And and on top of which, he was all over the place. Did he have some good plays? Yeah, the, the touchdown pass to Kittle was awesome. Yeah. He's rolling to his right, and he drops yep. that in there. But he was all over the place other than that, whether it was rust, whether it was a wet ball, whatever it was. So I was a little bit – it was weird and just everything Kyle did. So he's got him throwing like crazy. And then at the end of the half, he treats that almost like he's got Jimmy at quarterback where he's more mm-hmm. concerned, and he kind of even said it. He was more concerned with Green Bay not scoring than the Niners being aggressive there. At least mm-hmm. that's the way that it seemed to me. So they get the field goal attempt that gets blocked. So the whole thing was just, that's when I was just like, I was like numb at that point. And then you come out of halftime in literally, okay, I, I'm just going to try to, I guess, explain this. I know everybody knows what I'm talking about, but they come out in a shotgun formation with Jawan Jennings, who had a phenomenal game receiving. What a clutch game by him. Yes. But he comes out in the backfield and I'm like, they're not going to hand him the ball. I mean, this is a pass to McCaffrey or McCaffrey is going to come. And something's going to happen. They're not going to hand Jennings the ball. They handed Jennings the ball. And then Greg Olson's like, oh, well, you know, that play was probably for Debo. So just don't run it. Or if right. you're going to run it, put Elijah Mitchell back there. Run something else. Mm-hmm. Put Ray Ray back there. And I literally blacked out for the next like 10 minutes. I don't even know what happened. I was like, <laughs> they gave it to John Jennings. And then apparently it was a three and out. I don't know. I don't it know was. what happened after that. That was crazy to me. And the other thing where I thought where I was ready to jump through the television I don't remember the exact point of the game. I wish I wrote it down. But they had first and 10 on the on the Packers 40. and It was in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they did three straight passes. Yeah, And they had to punt. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm screaming at the television, you have the best running back in the NFL. He's got to yeah. touch it at yeah. first or second down. There's nothing wrong with being in second manageable and first and manageable. So that's when I was kind of like, again, Kyle, what are we doing? Again, yeah, like you said, I don't know if it was he just wanted to prove Purdy can get it done. I, maybe yeah. just, those were the looks that he saw. You know, they wanted to run, but the Packers were giving them looks that made them get out of it. But I just think at some point, you saw in McCaffrey's long touchdown run, you got to keep feeding your man. And McCaffrey actually had 17 carries and 12 targets. It did not feel that way. Yeah, To me, it felt like he was missing for long points and portions of the game. So, We saw Kyle get weird with the game plan. We saw him get too conservative before the end of the half. And those are things that can cost you a game, man. And and it almost did.
1: Mike Silver uh, wrote an article uh, for the San Francisco Chronicle. And basically what he said was Kyle Shanahan's play not to lose game plan can't, can't be the game plan moving forward in the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl or you're not going to win the Super Bowl. And that yeah, I think really sums it up. It really felt like a game plan that really was again play not to lose, but even more than that, like I said, it was like again, he over it just feels like in big moments like this he just overthinks it. And like you have the NFL rushing leader and you have a defense that can't defend the run very well why are you not and and that was the same thing with the ravens what was the ravens biggest weakness defending the run what was the packers biggest defensive weakness defending the run and in both of those games you came out with a pass heavy game plan and it just doesn't make any sense and i would love for somebody to ask kyle hey what's the deal with this like this is the green this is green bay's weakness like why why were you throwing more than you were running but more than that, what concerns me is his inability to call a game when Debo goes out. Like, if Debo goes out mid-game, like, he can game plan around not having Debo Samuel if he goes into the game knowing he's not going to have Debo. But if Debo gets injured mid-game, it's an absolute shit show on offense. And I just don't understand it. Like, I I feel like, maybe I'm oversimplifying it because it just like it feels like the answer is right there if you've got a game plan that is Debo heavy and Debo goes down, don't you have a ready-made Debo replacement on the roster already by the name of Christian McCaffrey why don't you then move Christian McCaffrey into or, or call those same plays that you would call for Debo but now you've got Mitchell and McCaffrey on the field. And like, what, what is it that, that Debo can do that Christian can't, I don't think there is anything. And, and again, maybe it's Kyle overthinking it and going, well, if I do that, well, then all those plays where Mitchell's on the field with, with CMC at the same time, then they're going to key in on CMC because they're going to, you know, they're going to know that we're running some, and it's like, use that to your advantage. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, that would probably happen. So use that to your advantage. Pull some shit out of your bag, man. Like, what is happening? Like, it, it can't... Losing one player cannot derail your entire fucking game plan and play calling in the NFL. It just can't. And, Especially when you have
0: three, three right. all pros on offense that are not named Debo Samuel's at skill positions. That's and, why I don't want to hear the Debo stuff. Right. Important? And, yeah, but... You got IU Kittle and McCaffrey too. That's plenty and, of firepower. And you're
1: largely regarded as as the premier offensive innovator in the NFL right now. Like losing one guy can't can't make it that difficult. And so that's another thing where I'm like, I don't I don't understand that. Now, if Debo can't go in the in the championship game, which it sounds like he can, but if he can't, I'm not as worried because Kyle does a lot better job. Like I said, game planning when he knows Debo's not going to be in. And so I I don't, it just seems like if you're gonna go into a game with a Debo heavy game plan, or if you're gonna go into a game with a game plan that is heavy on a player that is prone to leaving games early, maybe you have to put in some contingency plans ahead of time or something. Like it just feels like this happens too often for it to continue to happen every time Debo goes down. It's wild to me.
0: Yeah. You know, and again, we're not, Kyle had a rough night. We're we're not saying Kyle sucks. We're not saying anything no. like that. Kyle, this was his seventh playoff win, which is third in 49ers history, but behind ba- Walsh and uh, Seifert. So like, we're not saying Kyle is awful. We're just saying no. Kyle had a bad night. I, yeah. I don't think he had a very good night and hopefully he learns from it. I got to talk about this Purdy thing now. I have to go to it because I, I've just, this has been one of the things that's that's been on my mind because for me, to have a quarterback that can be clutch. You do or you don't. And we talked a few shows ago about the Super Bowl against the Chiefs where Niners were down and Jimmy Garoppolo is coming on the field. And, I, again, I said to myself, okay, well, Jimmy, you're either a legend here or you're not. You, you either make the plays at quarterback or you mm-hmm. don't. And this was a moment for Purdy. You know, we've seen it with Alex Smith against the Saints where, where he just had the opportunity and he took advantage of it. And the thing about it is for me, you know, he's off most of the night. Biggest drive of his life, dude absolutely delivered. Great moment for him, great moment for the 49ers, great moment for the 49ers fans. Um, the only incompletion on the drive was a Kittle drop.
1: Oh, great brutal.
0: throw and great catch by Brandon Ayuk. The conversion yes. to Ayuk was a Huge. phenomenal throw and Huge. a phenomenal catch on both sides. Um, he he completes whatever, a 20-yard pass, whatever it was, to Chris Conley, who I'm not God. sure he's ever thrown a pass to before, mm-hmm. not in a game anyway, to be able to make that throw with that timing And then he he kind of kind of maybe stepped up into pressure, but then he's got the mind to roll out of it for a big scramble Mm -hmm. to get to get them into second and one. But I believe before McCaffrey scored, so just a clutch clutch drive for him. And the thing about Purdy to me, he's in his second year. Dude is twenty four years old. Any quarterback? Yeah, just turned twenty four. Yeah, any quarterback. In the history of football it was in a second year, I feel like what we're talking about at this point. Well, his growth, well, his development, it's okay. He's gonna take some lumps in year one and two and three. This is part of the this is part of the project. He's gonna have some games where you're like, what the hell was that? Because he's only a kid and he's only played two years and he was a late round pick, not purdy. Purdy's held to a completely different fucking standard. Mm-hmm. If that was Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence did do that last year. He threw four picks and then they came back and The second half of there, everybody's like, oh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God. Dude, he's the the next guy. You see, he shook it off the four picks and came back. But Purdy, people are knocking. You're knocking this dude. This is not a six- or seven-year veteran who's been frustrating you with inconsistent play for a half a decade. This is a kid. This is a second-year quarterback who came out, played like shit for most of a primetime division playoff game, shook it off, and went and did a game-winning drive. Anybody who knocks that and doesn't say, you know what, that was just Moxie, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot and you don't know football. End of story.
1: Well, and that's, I I tweeted that out today. I just don't understand the goalposts moving on on Brock Purdy. So all we heard, all we heard was, well, he's got to do it when it matters. He's got to lead a comeback. He's got to lead a fourth quarter comeback. He's got to he's got to lead his team to a victory when they're trailing in the fourth quarter by five points or more, like, right? All these things. And then he does it last night. And then the response is, well, not, that wasn't, that didn't, that doesn't count. Like, wh- what do you mean that doesn't count? Like, that's exactly what all you idiots have said and, and, and harped on for the, entirety of the 2023 season let's see him do it when it matters he did it against the browns and his kicker missed and now he did it in the divisional round against a quality opponent and we got crickets why and and you want to and and not only that but there's also a contingent that's like well what's going to be lost in this is the great game that jordan love had really jordan love had a great game jordan love had a fine game But he threw for less than 200 yards. He had two touchdowns and two picks. Brock Purdy threw for 200 and change, one touchdown, no interceptions, and led a game-winning drive, and you still want to talk about Jordan Love? Why? Because Jordan Love was a first-round pick? Because Jordan Love is 6'4", 220? Because Jordan Love has a better arm than Brock Purdy? None of that shit matters. What matters is whose team won the game. Brock Purdy's team won the game. Why? Because Brock Purdy led his team to a game-winning touchdown with a minute left on the clock to where he put all the pressure on the other guy, and the other guy threw a a mind-boggling interception, running and throwing back across his body in the rain. On first and ten. What? Right. What the hell is Jordan Love doing? But no, let's... Let's we're going to forget the great shut the shut up like it is wildly obvious that there is a bias against this kid. And here's the thing. Brock Purdy confirmed whatever priors you had on him going into this game right in this game. He confirmed whatever priors you had going in. You want to know why? Because he's 24 years old and he's a second year quarterback. These things are going to happen. What gets held against him is that he is on a team that expects to win the Super Bowl. And so those expectations are placed upon his shoulders. You could argue unfairly, but that's where we are. And yet all this kid does is come in and go, and show over and over that the moment is not too big for him. He didn't play shitty because the moment was too big for him. He just had a shitty game with a wet ball. He's a smaller guy with smaller hands. That's going to be difficult for him. That is a conversation for the future. But for right now, all you have to know is that after playing like shit for three quarters, in the biggest moment, he stepped up and he was perfect. It says that he was six for seven, but that one incompletion was a mind-boggling drop by George Kittle. And here's the other thing that I thought was super impressive. A second-year quarterback on a drive like that who throws a perfect ball to their all-pro tight end, and he drops it what would be a first down, and now it's third down and six. And the pressure is on your shoulders, and you come back and throw a fucking dot to Brandon Ayuk, and both of you make a hell of a play on that, and then the play continues. Like that to me was the biggest play of the game Mm -hmm. in my eyes, because it would have been really easy for him to immediately get down and in his head after Kittle dropped that and go, Oh my god, now it's third down. Now we got like everything right and just and just crumble and he didn't and that is where brock purdy has started to separate himself is jordan love a good quarterback a hundred percent is he going to be good moving forward a hundred percent did he play as well as brock purdy last night no he did not because when it counted most he threw two interceptions brock purdy did not brock purdy threw a touchdown let his team down to win the game jordan love did not he was outplayed by brock purdy despite how poorly Purdy played the first three quarters.
0: I have two points to make on the rain stuff. Anybody absolutely correct. Brock has not been good in the rain. Apparently, he going back to his college days, it's been something with him. But like you said, he's got he's a smaller guy. He's got smaller hands. Two points with the rain thing, though. The two games they played in the rain this year, he didn't play well in either game. In both games, when he needed to play well in the last drive, he did. He, he drove did. them down against Cleveland to set up the field goal. Moody just missed it and he drives down for the win in this game. The second point I want to make about the rain thing is if he has a 15 year career, how many fucking games is he going to play in a rainstorm? 8 maybe 9. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like like oh god, every time he's outside he's not going to have a lot of rain games. He doesn't play in in Philly and even they don't have a what do they have two yeah. a, a year, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's not like he's going to constantly be playing in these elements where it's going to be an issue. He's had it happen a couple of times this year. He may go consecutive seasons where he doesn't play in any weather yep. and it's going to be 70. He plays in California. It's going to be 70 degrees next weekend and sunny. It yeah. looks like, or not raining anyway. And then he's in a fucking dome if they make the Super yep. Bowl. So you have to worry about that for the rest of this year. But again, it's one of those things, like you said, we're finding things. So now the thing to say is, Oh, well, if it's raining, I don't know if I want him as my quarterback. Great. So the eight times in the next 15 years that might happen, we'll, we'll worry about it. But other than that, I mean, just give me a break with it. Somebody even replied to me. I think not that I read a lot of these things, but, oh, yeah, well, he didn't even throw a a touchdown in the game-winning drive. And I was like, what?
1: Who cares? When you
0: say things like that, you know nothing about football. You want to run the ball there, one, to make Green Bay use your timeouts. Two, you have the best running back in the league. Three, you scored a touchdown on it. Four, you remember the Seahawks Super Bowl when they should have run the ball from the three? What, what kind of stupid statement is that? Yeah. But those are the kind of things that people are saying. Like, it's just ridiculous. So for me, what I came out of, I guess, long story short, what I came out of is that game is the quarterback of the 49ers. It doesn't matter what happens. When you need him to be clutch, he can come out and do it. He 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 has proven that. And for a second-year quarterback to come out and, and do that, to prove that on that kind of stage, that's my, that's a trait you can't teach. That's a trait you either have or you don't. And if one of these guys in the 2021 draft, one of these top what, five QBs that were picked in the top fifteen or whatever it was, did that, it would be oh my god, yeah. Oh, he's the next the next coming? Can you believe the Moxie? But for whatever reason, this guy, people, maybe it is the physical stuff. I don't know, but people just just don't want to believe it. So, but hey, they can they can keep doubting and they can doubt all the way to a
1: championship. So, I don't know what to tell you, ow, oh, they hate us because they ain't us, man. They hate us because they ain't us. Like that's, yeah, absolutely unbelievable that's that's really uh, to me that's I I think Brock Purdy also suffers from being the quarterback of a very successful and very um very successful franchise and a franchise that has a very very large and vocal fan base yeah. and that is where I think it it, it also comes down to it, it comes down to that but uh as James Franco says in the movie the interview, Hater's gonna hate and ain't gonna ain't. And right now, fine. Hate on Brock Purdy all you want, but his team is in the NFC Championship for the fourth time in fifth in five years, the seventh time in 12 years, the third year in a row. And he will be playing the Detroit Lions for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in the city that I was just in, Las Vegas. And I really, really, really like the position the 49ers are in right now, especially knowing what the game is going to look like next week. And the Detroit Lions are a quality opponent. But if the 49ers can play their game the way that they've shown us they can play, I don't think that the Lions can keep up. And we'll preview that game later this week. But uh, ultimately, uh, the name of the game is win in advance. And that's what the 49ers did. And As a fan base, we get to watch another NFC championship game, uh, this time in Santa Clara. And hey, I couldn't be more excited.
0: 100%. I think this game was a blip. I I think it had a lot to do with them being rusty and just coming out flat. And and it happens. I think they got it out of their system. We're going to see the real 49ers. My prediction, anyways, we're going to see the real 49ers against the Lions next week. They're going to look like the team you've seen most of the season. But yeah, we'll break it down later in the week. Um, Maybe try to get somebody from covers the lions on we'll see what we could do but uh yeah. it's gonna be fun man again it was a win's a win it was heart pounding but enjoy it and nfc championship game baby seventh time in 13 years let's do it for brian ml Al-
1: light up that is <laughs>